Everyone say with me today, I am unshakable. And if I'm not, if I'm not, I will become unshakable. I want to welcome you guys. My name is Pastor Rich, lead pastor here at Grace Point Church. We start a new series today called The Unshakables. And what we're going to do, we're going to spend 13 weeks unpacking uh, some scriptures in the Bible about us being unshakable as, as Christians, those who aren't Christians, they can become Christians in this series. And we're going to talk about what Jesus, who Jesus says we are and how Jesus tells us how we can live a life in, a, in an unshakable life in an unshakable world. And today, the first one we're going to talk about is the overview of this series called The Unshakable Life. And I really want to encourage you, uh, if you haven't uh, gotten you a purple book, where we talked about biblical foundation, the building a strong um, disciple. One of our core values is discipleship, and we really want people to get deeper with God, because if you get deeper with God, you can get deeper in life, you can get deeper in your marriage, you can get deeper in your friendships, you can get deeper in your community. And I really want to encourage you to plug into this series. Um, it's going to be an amazing series. We're going to start in the book of Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 46 to 49. If you know this story, this is Jesus at the end of the greatest sermon on the planet, which is the Sermon on the Mount. And he gave a whole bunch of information and revelation about who he is. And then he gets down to this part here and he, wants, he says, this is who I am. This is what I want you to do. And he starts off with a rebuke, which is kind of amazing. If you're looking at verse 46, it says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood rose and the streams broke against that house, he could not shake it. He could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground and without a foundation. And when the streams broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I ask that we hear what the very Spirit of God is saying in these times and where we live in, especially this morning. Teach us to go deep. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I have a couple of articles I want to read to you uh, about, and one is in Boise, Idaho. The other one is in, uh, in fact, Texas, Hood County, Texas. And there's some people who built, try to attempt to build a home. If you ever built a home, you got to make sure you have a strong foundation. But this is what's happened in Boise, Idaho. So this family here, after a year of slippage in the Boise foothills, since early 2016, the ground under a handful of homes at North Alto Valley Court in the Boise foothills have been slowly sliding downhill. And the moment, the movement had rendered most of the homes on Alta Via unhabitable. And there's just a brand new community. It says this, the family plans to use these, one day they had, one family had to move out, the Rossman family, family plans to use the materials someday to build a new house to replace it. Place the one that they're still living in less than a year. And the same house started to break apart last spring thanks to slow-moving landslide underneath it. Out of it, the damage started appearing in early 2016, damage to one elaborate home. And this is talking about over $600,000 home. On the west side of the road was especially pronounced with huge cracks opening in the patio and the walls. And as the months passed, it became apparent that the hood, the home stood on top of a fault line 
between the ground that was moving and the ground that wasn't. Sound like Abilene, doesn't it? And soon other properties started slowing, showing damage. The chasm appeared in the ground between the street and the houses east of it. Within a few months, everyone moved out. Second one, this one is in Hood County, Texas, Fort Worth, Texas. Hood County home is slowly crumbling into the Brazo River. His owner, Mark Hall, says he first noticed something was wrong a year and a half when he woke up to find his patio was missing. The whole wall was gone, he remembers. It went down the hill, and I went and thought, my God, what am I standing on? His, he and his wife, Susan, have been struggling over whether to sell their home, which at the time is worth over $400,000. Now they can't find anyone willing to take it off their hands. An engineer reports, warns it is no longer safe, safely occupied for your safety and the safety of the public. It must be demolished. And these are folks that built homes on shaky ground, on fault lines. And when you look at what is Jesus trying to say? What is this parable he's trying to say after the Sermon on the Mount? So how we build is very important. Do we build on faulty ground? Do we build on a fault line? And he said, the disciples, it's hard to put up a house of Christ and still have a foundation that's shaky. And he's talking about you need to have a firm foundation so you can have a firm house, a firm life. When you're talking about the house, it means life. And we see here that both guys here built a house, experienced the same circumstances. But one man's house remained, and the other one was swept away. And I put the question, why? What was the difference in the one man's house slipping away and the one house standing still? It was all in the foundations. When you look at this parable, Jesus is telling us he wants you to build more than the facade. He wants you to build a foundation for your life. The first point, if you take a note, says our lives are being built upon a foundation. If we look at both men chose different foundations to build upon. And the house is symbolic of our lives. And we're all building on some type of foundation. What are you talking about, Pastor Rich? All of us are building a life on what we believe or who we believe. And how we grow up. And you take those things and they become foundational beliefs. And we call them worldviews. Okay? A worldview is really a presupposition. Now, if you're in college, you know what that means. If you're not, it's assumptions of things that you feel is real or half real or false. But you build your whole paradigm on your life on these beliefs. That's why the gospel is so important. Some of us grew up. If you grew up in a racist uh, uh, household, you have, some, you have some foundational issues on the things you heard about other people. If you feel that there's pe that certain people are lazy, you heard it all your life. It became a foundational issue in your life. That's why racism now, we built our lives on faulty grounds. Because every time pressure comes up, it breaks out, and everyone's trying to figure out what happened. Well, we haven't dug deep. In fact, we dug with, with the wrong person. We try to do it with each other. 
and we have to go to the peacemaker himself. So everything's on a fault line. A lot of our things, our thoughts are on a fault line. And the way Jesus has set it up, he's saying each and every one of us have to learn to be stronger and build nice foundations, strong foundations. Because some of our beliefs are conscious and some of them are subconscious, which only comes out, I call it the fail-safe switch. Whenever pressure comes, the switch comes up. I call them deal breakers in our lives. How you deal with people, how you deal with your community. There's, there are unsaid beliefs. Like when I deal with people in our community and I said, we can turn this whole area around and it's happening. And they said, I've been living here all my life. Nothing's going to change. The city always lets me down. My mother told me it won't change. My father told me it won't change. And guess what? It won't change. That's a worldview. That hasn't been, and you're walking, and you're in the church with that worldview. Suppose you build your life, you learn how to, you, you, grew, you grew up in a home, and your family taught you how to, how to build a foundation with your, your husband or your wife. And your, your wife, or the husband and wife dynamic is, the husband, he's my everything. And then you grew up. I got to find a husband that, that will satisfy me. It's a bad foundation, which will crack. Which will crack. Now, some of the foundations, really the, uh, the foundations of our life, ultimately come down to what we believe. And what we ultimately believe affects everything we do. Listen to me. What we believe affects everything we do. Now, found, you know, our foundation can be built upon many things. And they're good, some of the good things, success, power, education, wealth, pleasure, family, and our business, ministry. Problem is, when those things become the main thing, you have a faulty foundation. Because you bring that up before you, and you put that before Jesus. And it's well-meaning. It's well-meaning, well but it's, your foundations are off. Because if you go through the right foundation, it'll make everything balanced in our lives. And what you build upon is what you need to sustain your life upon. And if it's faulty, it will crash and it will burn. Not too many amens on that. And, and sermon series like this are kind of tough on people. Because we think we're okay. And we like Jesus and we want him to build our house, but we don't want him to dig deep and find what's really underneath the bedrock of our, our sin, of our world belief, our worldviews. Some bed, you all stand on some kind, of, some kind of foundation, depending on how you grew up. And that's what discipleship's about when he looks at this, what Jesus is saying. The other thing he's uh, saying, when you look at this, our foundations will be tested. You see what happened? The storms came. How many know uh, there's no such thing as a storm-free watch? You ever, buy, you ever go, to, uh, go downtown and Walmart? Hey, we have a storm-free watch for you, right? No, it's storm what? Proof. So when you put it in the water, it's supposed to be working. It's supposed to work afterwards. Now they lie because mine fogs up after a while and you go get another one. But I pay $15, that's what I get. 
Like, like there's no such thing as a storm-free life. Now, when you accept Christ, I don't know about you, the storm's kind of really intensified. Why? Because I recognize my, um, I recognize the sin in my life. And it's sinning against what I want to do right in my life. So there's no such thing as a storm-free life. God wants us to have a storm-proof life. And what can I give you? Can I give you a hint? And how many of us fly on airplanes? Love flying. Now, how will, who will get on an airplane that was ne- just rolled out, was never tested? Why? Because what's tested can be trusted. What's tested will be trusted. Our faith will be tr- tested. Now, I'm not going to hire anybody who hasn't been tested. Has to be tested. And that's how God uses storms to test us. We don't like them, but we live in West Texas. You got to get used to them. We don't like them. My neighborhood where I live in, I'm still trying to disciple them. You do not buy Walmart furniture where we live. There's no trees. You don't want that furniture. It's going to be in my yard the first spring storm that comes. And then you got to go around the neighborhood like they did last. Anybody seen my trampoline? Where's my trampoline? We're all on Facebook. Well, and the one I had one go right through my what? I went outside. I'm like, I don't know why I'm out here in this storm looking at this trampoline. Run over my fence, hop over, hit a, hit a uh, tree, and then knock out the other end. And then one said, my neighbor says, you see my trampoline? Now, I had not prayed yet. I said, yeah. It's, it's, I thought I waited down. You didn't do anything. You put it in the yard. And the other part went north. You live in my, you're going to get tested. The winds will test you. I go to L.A. They say, oh, we got to go inside. It's only 25 miles an hour winds. I said, dude, in Texas, it's 40 is minimum. You'll be tested. In everything that we do. And I want to be tested so I can be stronger. And I can be trustworthy. Now the floods and streams are really in our lives are the disappointments and injuries that come with life. Because if you're not tested, somehow, sometimes with the gospel, we think, I received Christ, life's going to be great. You'll get this attitude because a storm comes. The first thing, I, I did that when I was young. I said, what did I do wrong, God? What did I do wrong? Nothing. I kind of left that part out of the, you know, Sermon on the Mount. It's going to be tested. Just like the parable, the shaking simply reveals the quality of our foundation that we built. It just reveals it. But you can survive it. It just reveals it. You don't know it's there until it's tested. So I drive a Toyota. I know I'm biased. They've been tested. I've driven them all my life since I got back to the States. Never found one on the side of the road. Now, if it's a Ford, I'm sorry, I'm gone. Anyway, (laughs) they've been tested on the road. Anyway, (laughs) let me get back. Okay. All right. Yeah, someone said, yeah. All right. They're going to take their tithe out of the box now. Anyway, uh, it only reveals what's really there. But it doesn't have to be that way. 
doesn't have to be that way. We never want to get to the end and see if it works. I want to be prepared for every storm. I bought the right furniture. When I put something out, a tree, I stake it down for the first five years so it doesn't do nothing like this. Later on, I want to cut it down. But I want to be prepared before the storms come. It's bad timing to not be prepared when something hits. Because you all get hit with something the days of life. And some of us I know. A bad diagnosis can take your whole day. Now you don't have a, I'm a strong, no, you got to exorb it. And you got to think and you got to hear God. And then we got, you got to walk it out. And that helps you when someone says and they come up to you and say, my toenail broke. You can smack them. <laughs> Sorry. Because sometimes we, we shake on stuff that's not really important. Because we haven't built an unshakable life. And that's possible. It's the last point. Unshakable life can be built. See, the rock that you're talking about here, the rock is a symbol, symbolic of who Jesus, saying about Jesus and his word is the only foundation worth building our lives upon. I love what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3.11, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. He said, I'm going to build my life upon Jesus Christ. Nothing else, not on people, not on my position, not on my popularity. I'm going to build it upon Jesus Christ. And it has to be a, a deep relationship. Listen to me. We cannot get away with having small doses of Jesus and think we're strong. Do church once a month. Read the Bible only on Sundays. And only go to Jesus when I have a need. In crisis. Versus in just worship. Small doses lead to a bad foundation. I didn't, when they built my house, I did not want to, just pour concrete over here and put stick over here. I don't want, I want the whole dose. I want the whole life. I want to dig deep. I want to be real with him. Small doses happen once a week, twice a week. Read my Bible here. Read it there. I'll show up once in a while, only when I'm in crisis, so I can get back to main level, whatever that looks like. Small doses is, comes from a foolish builder. Don't want to do small doses. You want the full dose of Jesus. Why? Because he gave us a full dose of him. Amen. He poured his life out. When he poured it out, he didn't, oops, stop. No, he poured his whole life out for us. He gave it all. He gave the complete, and he keeps giving it because he has the Holy Spirit. Make sense? Keeps giving it. Keeps giving it. Again, as I said, an unshakable life can be built. We live in a fault line that runs to the center of our culture. Been noticing that. It's a big fault line of culture. Dealing with racism. We're dealing with mistrusting the government, 
Um, and when a, when a senator says or gets elected, not get elected when he has a position he's opening because they said Jesus is the only way to salvation, you get blowback on that, and it's okay. It's going to get worse and worse. Then I'm hearing some weird theology coming out of people. We want to have a gospel with no responsibility. I can do whatever I want. I don't want to repent. This is how I was born. God knows that. And then we just have a little, all of us have all the God we want. So we, you know, these things. And we have to learn, we have to learn us individually that there's some fault lines in my life. You know, the first fault line in my life, you know, growing up, I was not allowed to go to school and have anyone hit me and I didn't hit him back. If I went home, went out and said, look, guys, mom, dad, he hit me. She said, he said, if you don't go back and hit him, we're going to wear you out. So I'm good, but they're in trouble. So my fighting was, dude, I don't want to get hurt at home, so I got to hurt you. And that's what it was about. I had to learn. That's what he learned. Teachers had to, because I was a boy, teachers had to be tough and fight. But then when I came, I can't just be fighting all the time. Can't be getting angry all the time. And I don't hit back. I absorb and I give them the other cheek. That's a whole big rotation of some foundations. Now, I can't walk around for 10 years and say, hey, that's just how I am. If that's how I am, I'm not digging deep. I stop digging. And every time I dig deep, there's some rocks, there's some, um, there's some bedrock that I thought was gone. Because we're all, this is a process, we're all are still digging. And he's digging on us. The more you dig into his word, the more he digs into you. <laughs> the more you look at the reflection of that word, you're like, oh, it ain't them. Oh, wow. Man. And I can't say, I guess I can't wait to tell the congregation that. No, I can't. No, it isn't for them, Rich. It's for you. But you stand and you take it. Because that's what a disciple does. And the, strong, the more you stand, the stronger you become. You ever notice that it doesn't say that we go beat up anything? We stand and stand there for? Why? We stand on the truth. I'm going to do this. I heard this crazy. Don't tell my wife, second service. I won't do it. We stand on this. When everything's coming, I stand on this. Now, even when I get a diagnosis, though my faith is, <laughs> sometimes I'm shook. When they say you had cancer, I'm like, oh, whew. and my wife had to take over because I'm not breathing yet. And I said, all right, the word says I'm healed. Now, it took a while, but I'm standing on this word. That's all I got. I didn't say give me a second opinion. I like the guy. He gave it to me straight. But I had to stand on this. Now, if I didn't have any inkling, any inkling of a foundation, guess what would happen to me? God, why'd you let this happen to me? You're bad. I quit Christianity. Because you're a good God. Why would you do that to me? Ever been there? He's the guy, he's the ice cream man. Give you the wrong flavor, you're mad. Or he sends someone over that's a disciple on you and give you, tell you something different, and you get mad. I mean, so you leave. 
<laughs> don't, don't matter. You're, you're the one going. You're the same foundation you're taking on down. I'll go to another church. Go to take that faulty foundation over there. You're cracked. We're all cracked. That's why he calls crackpots. But he's digging. And it can be built. Now, it's not going to happen by it's not going to happen by accident. It has to be intentional. It has to be intentional. I mean, we have to learn how to, how to get in his word and hear the Holy Spirit and, and just rely on him and trust him so we become unshakable. I love when Paul, even when he was trying to do something and trying to go somewhere, and he said the Holy Spirit wouldn't let him go. He just wouldn't let him do this. He, wouldn't let, he called the Macedonian call. He wouldn't let him do anything until he got a dream. So I need you to come here. If he didn't have that foundation of Jesus, I'm going anyway because it looks better. You know, it's better to be up and sent to up and went. Amen. The Lord called me to do this. Yeah, really? By yourself. But I ain't Jesus. You'll be back in six months. Because you're trying to do something without him. And everywhere he takes us to do something, he always has us with people. You ever notice that? You can't do it by yourself. Even the person you don't like, they need to help you. No one's smiling. That means y'all hate everybody. And the, the plan here about building an unshakable life so how do I do this? How do I build unshakable life? Not on cultural standards, which is everyone's doing, and not on emotionals, emo, my own emotions. Now, everyone, someone asked me last week, why are you so hard on emotions? Let me tell you about emotions. They're great. God gave them to us, and they're strong. But can I say one thing? They're shallow. They're just so shallow. And trying to live on emotions because something great happened to me today. Tomorrow, nothing's going to be happening. Can you keep that up on your own joy? No. The joy that we have, everything's a gift of the Spirit. The, the patience we have is a gift of the Spirit. When you try to work that up every time, that wears you out. How do we do this? The answer is in verse 47. He says, everyone who comes to me Here's my words and does them. I will show them what he's like. First thing he wants us to do, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to me. I love, I love what Jesus said. I did all the work. I died on the cross for your behalf. All you have to do is come to me. Man, he makes it so easy. Second thing is, he says, hear his words. Now, if you like me, my wife will speak. Now I heard something, but she'll come back. Did you hear what I said? Uh, yeah. And I'm trying to listen to something she said so I can glug. You wasn't listening. No, really. Let me turn the TV off. God wants us to hear what he says. When you hear, when you really hear God, you do the last thing well. You'll do what he says. You'll do what he says. That's the last one. You'll do what he says. See, there's a difference between knowing the truth about Jesus, believing the truth about Jesus, and actually following Jesus. 
See, the Pharisees knew everything, but they didn't follow. So when we have our Bible app and we're going through the Bible, we know about Jesus. We know the truth. We know that this will set me free. But Harris gives a, here's a special word in that very first verse is, how come you don't do what I say? You know what he means? How come you don't practice? It takes, that word means practice. No one likes to practice anymore. Everyone loves the superstars. But you haven't seen their schedule of practice. You'll see why they became so good at it. Because it's about practice. When he says do what it says, practice it. When he says forgive, you can't do that. Saying, I got it, Lord. Not until he hacks you off. And you have to practice even though you don't feel like. My emotions say I don't have to feel like practicing it. You have to practice. So when you practice, you get better at it. Because after him, there's 1,200 more. How many times do you think? 700 times 7. He said, just get off the question, Peter, please. I know you're a superstar, but it doesn't matter. You need practice. We need to practice reading the Bible. We need to practice praying. We have a prayer meeting. I can't make it. Well, your life's falling apart. Well, I know. Well, can you pray for me? No. I'm not a priest. I'm a pastor. My job is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Now, there's a jam you can't get out of. I'll help you. But as long as you get into that matter, we're working together on it. Now, say I don't pray for people, but can we pray for ourselves? Can we learn how to pray for our families? Can we learn how to pray for our business associates? We do what he says. It's the difference between following him. That means doing it. Now, it says in the parable, if we don't, if we ignore what he says, we end up in a tragic loss. It's a tragic loss. Like the house, tragic loss. These houses, tragic loss. Engineers should have came before the bedrock. We have it here in Abilene. We have a whole engineering company comes in and makes sure. Do they get it right all the time? No. I got to see how deep we need to go to make this work. It's like in our lives. It's a tragic loss. But here it is, guys. It all comes down to choice. We're always one decision away from failure. Every decision we make is a spiritual decision. It's either going to turn us to Jesus or it's going to turn us away from Jesus. And whatever you're building upon, you'll discover right away. If you're building upon someone else, I like the single people here, I want you to build your life upon Christ, and Christ will lead you to the right foundation. Not trying to shortcut that. I think, and you can make, you try to make it fit. Well, he does go to church once a week, and, you know, and uh, he, yeah, and I'll teach him how. No, 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 no. Not to fit. Did Jesus say it was real? He was real? Uh, well, you know, it lined up. It feels right. Strong emotions, shallow, shallow at best. Each week, this is what this series is about, guys. Each week, we're going to come in here, we're going to explore with the unshakable lives, and we're going to come, we're going to hear, 
and we're going to do. That's why we put baptism on week three. There's no, why? Well, it's not my time yet. It didn't say it was your time yet. It just said if you gave your life to Jesus, you haven't been baptized, get baptized. That's what it says. We got to do what it says. When Pastor John gets up, hey, I need people help. You got to practice how to serve. You got to practice. Sitting here and receiving a lot, you get nothing. Practice. Not like Alan Iverson says, you're talking about practice, practice, man, practice. We're here talking about practice. And the reason why he didn't practice well, that's why he didn't win an NBA championship. Should have won four of them because he disdained practice. Because when I practice, when the storms come, I'm ready. If I don't practice, I'm going to get blown away like the, everything else in the neighborhood. Second Timothy, we got to learn the word. Here's the hard part about the word. Second Timothy 3, 16, 17 says this. All scripture is breathed out of God by God. Prophet for everyone say teaching. teaching. Say for reproof. for reproof. That's when you get told what the, you get rebuked. Oh, other one. Correction, Correction and training in righteousness. So the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. That's what the word does for us. It builds us. So we can, because there's so much good work he wants us to do. It's amazing. I'm going to end with a story before we go into worship. It's a man in Dallas, matter of fact, in Dallas, Texas, bought a house. And um, he noticed after being in the house about a couple months, cracks started falling on each walls. So he called the guy in. And they, they plastered it up and they fixed it and painted it all up and looked great. And four months later, cracks came again in another spot, in that spot. So he goes and calls another guy in. I'm a handyman. I can fix this. He, he pulls it all up and makes, and they take pictures. This looks perfect. We got it now. Four months later, more cracks. He's hot. He's angry. Calls the last guy in. He said, um, keep getting these cracks the man looked at the cracks he said um i can't fix this so what do you mean that's what your job aren't no i can't fix this what do you mean you gotta pull everything out of this house because the foundation is cracked when the foundation is cracked that's where these cracks are coming from unless we get to the source of everything we can put all the walls up we want to all the pretty walls and they what a guy calls it a facade are you building a facade or are you building foundations? Put a little paint on my wall and my marriage and put a little spackle here. It looks pretty. Take pictures of this. It's Facebook. And really, inside, when we stay there long enough and you're in the church long enough, the cracks start to take place. And it's hard. You can't hide it. But you'll find someone else. Can you fix it? And they'll lie to you. Yeah, I can fix it. I can fix it. Read this book. You can't fix walls. You have to fix the foundation. Your foundation is insecurity. Reading more books and trying to find people to tell you how much they love you, it's just not going to work. You got to know Jesus loves you supremely. You got to go to the foundation. You got to pull everything out. And you got to take that foundation up. All the insecurities, all the racism, 
all the family issues, relational things. I got to jackhammer all that up. And then I got to go deep beyond bedrock of all the, that stuff and clear it. So when I do talk to somebody, it's clear. And to do that takes foundations. And to do that, you build it upon Jesus. Because as you build with him, he builds down. As you dig into the word, into the Holy Spirit, he starts to dig in your life. And you don't need, we don't have to wait for a victory weekend. It happens today. So I'll stand and worship God. That's one of the foundations, worship. Not how I feel, but what he says. So the next 12 weeks, we're going to come. We're going to do, we're going to hear. And then we're going to do what he says. How many people with me with this? Let's worship God.